Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Please welcome to the set Red Sox president and CEO Sam Kennedy and Chief Baseball Operations for the new year, Greg Final hour here, Sunday Mass. Reverend Arcan, nice to have you with us here today. The return of the Sunday service. Uh, it was a fun season with Gresh doing football Sundays. You'll be hearing me Sundays for, uh, I don't know, foreseeable future. And I'm very happy about that. A lot happier than the fans were at winter weekend yesterday. And uh, if they're there today or if you're on your way up there, you want to chime in on what the atmosphere was like yesterday. I'd love to hear it. I definitely heard from, uh, you know, Ken and Curtis and Bradfoe and everybody listening to them yesterday as they uh, interviewed players and Sam Kennedy and, and Werner and, you know, the rest of those guys who were there. I'll tell you what, I didn't think that last year's winter weekend could be topped in terms of just what a catastrophe it was. <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, when they came out there and they came out for the town hall and were getting booed, and John Henry said it's expensive to sign players, and everyone just lost their crap, and I don't blame them either. What kind of comment is that? But I'll tell you this. It's better than this year. This year, John Henry blew it right off. Scheduling conflict. Okay. Yeah, right. Just like <laughs> just like Jonathan Kraft had a scheduling conflict with the uh, Mayo press conference. Sure. Believe that. I got a, uh, <laughs> I got a bridge in Charlestown to sell you. Um, that, that being said, it wasn't even the fact that Henry wasn't there. Werner was there. Kennedy was there. And some of the comments from those guys was just unbelievable. First of all, we got it in black and white that this team is going to spend less money than they spent last year. Drink that in for a second, Red Sox fans. Just think about that. They're not even near the uh, the CBT. They're not even they're not even touching it, and they're cutting payroll. I don't even like the idea of them trying to stay under the luxury tax. Like, fine, if that's really something you're concerned about. First of all, that sucks. You don't have enough money, but they're not even up against it, and they're still cutting payroll. And then. 
in the midst of pretty much detailing the ways in which they're cheaping out this year. <laughs> Sam Kennedy says, if you don't think that we're as committed and passionate and, you know, all about winning as we've ever been, you're a liar. A liar for thinking something. <laughs> that's that's a weird thing to say. Like, it's one thing, well, you're a liar if you say something that's not true. This is something I believe. Maybe you think, oh, that's not true. Your belief is wrong. It doesn't mean I'm lying. You're only lying if you're saying something that you already know isn't true. Is anybody who is questioning the front office, do they know that's not true? Are you giving us any evidence to the contrary other than your words that that's not true? Otherwise, we're not lying. You are. <laughs> that's that's the difference. Like, you can't call us liars. You can't say I'm you, Christian Arcan, are a liar for thinking that we're not as dedicated and commit. Chris Curtis, you're a liar if you think we're not as committed to winning as we were in 2004 or 07 or 2013 or even 2018. Which, by the way, all four of those years, they had pretty high payrolls, top five, some of them top overall. 2018, they spent more money than anybody. Some of them, they were top three. And now you're cutting payroll from last season where you finished in last place and when we question it you call us liars (laughs) what a bizarre thing to say honestly I just I can't get over that you're a liar no I'm not I'm not lying you're lying you're the one sitting here saying you're just as committed as you used to be when you actually spent money and now you're not spending money we're mad about it and we're liars it just that's some amazing logic that we're hearing not you know not in the comments off the record to some reporter or something. We're hearing that in an interview at winter weekend. (laughs) Oh my God. It's like, it's like they took all that anger from last year and now they're giving it back. (laughs) That's just unbelievable to me. I can't, what an unforced error that is. And for someone like Sam Kennedy, who I used to think was pretty good at his job when the team was good, I thought Kennedy was a good ambassador for the team. I did. I know not everyone agrees with that, but I thought that. I thought Kennedy was a good ambassador, a good front-facing guy for the Red Sox when they were good. And maybe it's easier to be one of those things when the team's actually good and competing and, you know, trying to put a good product out there. Now that they aren't, oh, a little surly, a little defiant. If you don't think we're still as committed, you're a liar. <laughs> really? Well, there's a lot of liars that are going to be in that park, or maybe not this year. Maybe maybe the liars won't show up. You know, maybe they don't like being called liars. What a bizarre thing to say. Uh, 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Tom Warner said, well, you know, they don't give out a trophy for spending the most money. That's true, they don't. But you got to have a pretty short memory here. I mean, what was Texas? They were top five in payroll, I think. They spent a lot of money on your guy, Nathan Avaldi. You think they regret that? Uh, they may have regretted giving all that money to Jake DeGrom because he got hurt, but they got over it. They can dry their tears with their uh, World Series bonuses. You know? <laughs> I think I think they'll get over it. I think they'll be okay. They spent. Dodgers spent. Dodgers are still spending. And I'll tell you what, those Dodgers fans historically have been made fun of for leaving in the seventh inning. At least they're showing up. And I'll tell you what else. They're showing up at your park more than you are. The Dodgers took over Fenway Park. The Blue Jays took over Fenway Park. The Mets, the Ra- not the Rays, 
<laughs> Let's not go crazy here. Yankees, definitely. Cardinals. I I saw that thing, that parade that Dodgers fans had, you know, bumping California love down uh, down Causeway Street. I saw that up close. We were right there in the, in the Fenway studio, which is right on Causeway Street, across the street from the House of Blues. And I couldn't even see the House of Blues. All I could see was blue and white. All I could see was Mookie Betts jerseys and Bellinger jerseys and Kershaw jerseys and just blew a sea of blue and white walking down that street. And I remember thinking, man, this sucks. What a low point this is. I don't know if John Henry's in his office or Kennedy or Warner, any of those guys are in their office looking down at this. But if they are, they can't They can't be liking it. If they're seeing this, I would imagine they're going to be doing whatever they can to make sure this doesn't happen again next year and that their fans are coming out because their fans are excited about the team and their fans are energized about what they did in the offseason. Instead, they're cutting payroll and calling you a liar. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's a choice, you know. We all make choices in life. But that is one that I am never going to understand. By the way, top of the hour is brought to you by Eagle Bank. Eagle Bank. I love that jingle. Uh, let's get to the phone. 617-779-7937. My good friend Steve is in Fall River. Hi, Steve. Good morning, Christian. Morning, Steve. May I defend, excuse me, may I clean up Sam Kennedy a little bit? Sure. Unofficially, <laughs> they've invited me to come on your show. Oh, they have? Obviously, lie. Obviously, liar was an unfortunate term. Idiot might have also been not the right term. Most likely mistaken was the term. Mm -hmm. Uh, We were 12th last year in payroll, but people were calling for us to sell the team. Meanwhile, our competitors here in in the Boston market, uh, the New England Patriots, were 31st. But we didn't hear anybody, and I'm talking off the top of my head, Mm-hmm. I'm giving you my deep down motivation. We're very mad about being heckled last year at the winter meetings right. at this uh, thing. The Patriots are 31st. They've been 27th, 28th. Where have we been previously? We were number one in 2019, and we were five, six, or seven in the intervening years. There isn't a direct correlation to spending money and winning see the other participant in the World Series who had a 50 or $60 million less payroll than we did and only won seven or eight more games. We're trying to build something sustainable here. And we just got rid of Chris Sale, and we are not going to replace that. Large contracts that don't work out are done in the future of the Boston Red Sox. We well, that means large contracts are done, period, model. then, because you don't know if they're going to work out before you, before you sign them, Steve. Come on. This is well, not a good argument. Most of them don't. Well, most of them don't work out. We'd rather build through the bomb system, and if that leads us to less payroll and we're in the middle of the pack, then we'll have money of good opportunities come along at the trade deadline, Christian. Oh yeah, the we'd trade like deadline. Very active fairly. at the trade deadline the we'd last like couple to, years for sure. We'd, we'd like to be treated fairly. And not under a microscope. Steve, you don't believe this stuff you're saying. You don't believe what you're saying right now, do you? You can't possibly believe this. I'm telling you what they think, but they haven't told you. Fine, but you don't believe this, this do you? They think, but uh, to a point, I do. To a point, I do. To a point, I do. You can't tell them to sell the team, and Bob Kraft's 31, and you don't tell him to sell the team. 
Well, I think Bob Kraft and the Patriots realized that when things nosedived this year, that they had to make some big changes. You have to be an idiot to ask the team that's playing 12th in the league to sell the team, and the other team is 31, and you are silent and mute deaf. That means you are an idiot if you call for one cell and not the other cell. All right, fine. If that's the way you feel, fine. But there's a difference between what Kraft's doing and what the Red Sox are doing, and you can't deny that. The Kraft's right now have two teams. They have the Patriots and they have the Revolution, and they have some other, you know, uh, holdings in other industries. And thanks for the call, Steve. I do appreciate you calling in and at least trying to make a case for the Red Sox. I don't think you made a very good one, but I do appreciate you trying. The, uh, The Patriots in 2021, in Mac's rookie year, spent a crap load of money. They did. They brought in all these free agents. They brought in all this stuff, and they should have continued to do so. I agree with that. And they are low in cash spending, and I think that was a mistake. Absolutely. And we'll see how it goes going forward from there. But we're also uh, talking about now an ownership group that has made big, sweeping changes. And we'll see if these big, sweeping changes result in a new way of, of doing business. And we'll see if the if the spending goes up. And if it does, fine. The Red Sox have already fired high and bloom, brought in a new guy, and just gone about business the exact same way, continuing to cut payroll and also being defiant about it. You tell me when the crafts come out and start calling their fans liars and idiots, all right? When that happens, then I'll agree with you. I'll come around to your side of the street. But, you know, for Robert Kraft, people aren't calling for him to sell the team, number one, because it's an NFL team. It's the only team he owns other than the Revolution, which doesn't really count. Meanwhile, Fenway Sports Group, they're branching out into all these other things, and they don't seem like they really give a rat's ass about the Red Sox anymore. You know, whether you think I'm a liar for saying that or not, that's the perception. I don't think anybody looks at the crafts and say, these guys don't care about the Patriots anymore. I don't think that's the case. If that was the case, they'd let Belichick stay here and win five games a year and get that wins record and whatever. And instead, they moved on. You know, I don't think I don't think Kraft wanted to do that. He wanted an elegant solution. He couldn't get one, and so they moved on from Belichick, even though he was 15, whatever it is, games away from breaking a huge record, which he could have done in New England. If they really didn't care the way the Red Sox don't care, they would have just let him come back and toil away for as long as he wanted, and they didn't. That, to me, right there is already, I think, uh, proof that they're more invested in, in the Patriots than the than Fenway Sports Group is in the Red Sox. That's just that's what it looks like to me. It may look different to you, Steve. It may look different to some other people. But I'm getting the sense here that Red Sox fans are on the verge of turning. <laughs> okay? Like I'm I don't think I'm wrong with that either. The way last year went, how Fenway looked, and now you're coming back out here insulting the fans and spending less money than the year before. Kraft starts doing that, I'll I'll come around to your side of the street, but we're not there yet with the Patriots. No, we're not. Uh, 617-779-7937 is your phone number. Coming up in the next segment, we will talk to the oldest man in the world. No, not Steve from Fall River. We will talk with uh, Tom King of the Nashua Telegraph. We'll also have uh, a little bit on the division round, and we'll also get to your Red Sox phone calls because a lot of you are lining up here. A lot of you have something to say uh, about that. So we'll get to all of that right after Trending. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're right back to WEEI. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar! said that you didn't really care about what happened in past playoffs, but how good did it feel to quiet the noise, to have the performance that you had tonight? Two touchdown passes, two rushing touchdowns. How good did that feel? I mean, this is just, a, you know, the first playoff, you know, we got passed. Finally in the AFC Championship, uh, so still got more ready. wanted to touch briefly on that uh, game last night, on both those games, actually. Because you had two quarterbacks winning last night. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the uh, and the Ravens beating up on Stroud's Texans, which I expected to happen. I didn't think Stroud, as much as I like him, I didn't think that they were going to be Baltimore in that defense. But Jackson was a force in that game, really, just uh, just a force. They had no answer for him. And then over in the, uh, in the San Francisco Packers game, Brock Purdy... <laughs> Another MVP candidate this year, by the way. Him and Jackson, a lot of places are one and two on the MVP cards. And Brock Purdy, <laughs> Brock Purdy didn't look like no MVP last night. Brock Purdy got bailed out by his team a few times. He got bailed out by McCaffrey and Kittle and those guys a few times. He had some awful passes in that game. He's lucky that that kid on the Packers dropped that interception in the first, uh, in the first, I think it was the first series they had on offense. A close game like that, a pick in the in your own zone, that game could have gone differently. That game almost did go differently. And then finally, you know, on that last drive, he's checking down, and then he hands off to McCaffrey. He does the rest. And it was a good drive. I mean, it's not like it was a bad one. You know, Tom Brady's had a lot of great drives where he checked down. But uh, it just goes to show that a team like the Ravens, you got to – Basically a one-man shot. I know that they got some good, you know, uh, Flowers I like. Beckham's there. Aguilar got a touchdown. He's at a little revival of his career there in, in Baltimore. But really, it's because of the quarterback, and everybody knows it. San Francisco, I feel like you could mix and match a lot of different quarterbacks on that team and still have the same result. And that, I think, is a testament to the team building that you've seen out there with John Lynch and Shanahan and what they've sort of put together. You don't have that in Baltimore, not in the same sense. They've put a great defense together, a great defense and a good quarterback, kind of like what the Chiefs did. 
You know, the Chiefs sacrificed some of their offense to shore up the defense, shore up the offensive line, and here they are playing today. And I think they're going to beat Buffalo today. I don't think Buffalo's beaten Kansas City, even if they're at home. I think Mahomes is going to find a way, like he usually does. And uh, he's going to be right back there in the AFC Championship game. And you know what? I'll probably take the Chiefs over the Ravens in that AFC Championship game too. Just because Mahomes, you know? I mean, it's as simple as that. Sometimes it really is all about the quarterback. But last night in the NFC game, it was not. It really was not. Um, It was about the rest of that team. It was about that defense. It was about McCaffrey. It was about Kittle. Uh, Brock Purdy was sort of just along for the ride. (laughs) And that's a big difference between the way they do things and the way other people do things. And I just thought it was an interesting contrast. Anyway, let's get to some phone calls here. 617-779-7937. I know a lot of you have been waiting patiently to talk about the uh, Red Sox. So let's go ahead and start with Brian in Providence. Go ahead, Brian. Good morning. How are you? Morning, Brian. Hi. Uh, I just want to uh, say two things, and then I'm going to hang up and you can comment on them. Uh, First of all, if they're not going to be spending money, uh, they're going to lower the concession stand pricing. Yeah. Uh, Because you don't want to go there with a bad product. And um, and pay like twelve bucks for a bear mm-hmm. and fourteen bucks for popcorn or whatever it is. Yeah, the fat thing, chance, Brian. Let me just tell you, there's no way they're lowering anything. <laughs> well, then just don't buy it if you go. Right. But anyways, and usually when a team starts doing something like this, they're um, they're thinking about selling. When they're not going to spend money for a couple of three years or so, I, I'm probably most positive that um, get thinking about selling. And Brian, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. we got to move quickly because we got Tom King coming on here in a second, but I don't think they're selling. I don't think so. I think the Red Sox are a piece of their portfolio that still makes money. Um, I don't think they're as invested in the team as they used to be, but I don't think they're selling. I think that uh, they're going to hold on to this as long as they can, as long as it's still profitable. If it stops being profitable, maybe they'll sell then. But this has happened before. People have like discussed this before. Oh, they're looking to sell. Oh, they're not spending money. They're probably going to sell. I don't think so. I don't see it happening. Still too much money in it. Uh, Matt's in Rhode Island. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, yo, Arcan. No, they're not going to sell. Well, listen, I'm hoping this GM, after they ran him out there and kind of made a fool of him in his first news conference saying they're going to you know, do this and that, I'm hoping he can focus on uh, drafting pitching. As for Sam Candy, when you, say, when you make a statement like you're a liar and you're directing that towards fans and media, I mean, what a nice job he's done. I mean, he'd be selling vacuum cleaners door to door if he wasn't didn't have the the job of, of what he has in the Red Sox with the amount of BS that he shovels. So you know, very under. I've never heard a a, a person like in a, um, a role like that in a professional team make a statement like that. But he should really uh, back, you know, check himself on that. Thanks, RJ. Yeah, agreed. And listen, I don't know, I don't know what got into him, why he thought that was the right sort of sentiment to convey right there because it wasn't. It was very tone deaf, I thought, and I didn't take Kennedy for a tone-deaf guy. I always thought Kennedy sort of was good at the PR game. You know, in, in, in the past, he has been. Even when they had down seasons, you know, he could always sort of count on Kennedy to put a, a smiley face on it. But <laughs> this is even getting to him, I think. And that's, you know, that's indicative of something. We'll see exactly what, but that definitely means something. Uh, Jules is in Maine. Go ahead, Jules. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I got to admit, I was kind of taken aback yesterday when I heard that statement, and I I was shocked. I got a newfound appreciation for Curtis. He acted very professional, didn't come back or anything. And Sam Kennedy looked like a total fool. I know a lot of people are calling in and saying the same thing, but these guys, they're a bunch of shysters right now. They don't care about us. They don't care about winning. Thanks for taking my call. You got it. 
listen, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they really don't care about the fans, they don't care about winning. But that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And you can say, nah, no, we're not. Yet, if you think that, you're a liar, which, first of all, no, doesn't make you a liar. Maybe you think the wrong thing. It doesn't mean you're lying. You lie. A lie is when you know something's not true and you say it anyway. I don't know that's not true. Does anyone know that that's not true? It's not not true because you say it's not true. You got to prove it's not true. And they're not doing that. They're cutting payroll. So who's the liar? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the phone number. Let's take one more call here. Johnny's in New York. Uh, wants to talk about the Patriots quarterback situation. Go ahead, Johnny. Arcand the Baptist. Thanks my for man. taking my call, buddy. It's good you to hear it. your voice, pal. <laughs> Listen to your caller who said, you know, Kraft should sell the team, or Patriots fans should argue that Kraft should sell the team. You know, my my opinion of that is, look, if the Patriots continue to struggle and the Krafts don't spend money. That's where the attention is going to turn, and that's why I was really hoping Belichick would wind up with the Cowboys where they have a star-studded roster, they spend money, and if he had won there, it would have really you know, pointed the finger back at Kraft for what's gone wrong here. So I don't think he's going to continue to skate if, if stuff keeps going wrong. Um, to, to the quarterbacks, if you give me a second, I just wonder, I think you're right that they might keep Matt Jones for another year, but and I hope that if they draft somebody that they let him sit for a year or two. I just don't know that if Mac Jones is the guy they're putting in, you know, to start, does that mean they're going to draft a quarterback that's, you know, not like Jaden Daniels who, who runs? Are they going to pick somebody who is really a pocket passer? I wanted your thoughts on that. Arcan, good to hear you, man. Thanks for thanks for the call. Take care. Johnny, appreciate it. I don't love these quarterbacks. I don't. I don't love any of them. I don't like Caleb Williams. I don't like Drake May. Daniels I like a little bit. I like Bo. Honestly, I think Bo Nix might be the best pro out of all these guys. The best pro. And we'll see if that actually happens. And the reason why I say that, partially, is because Nix is likely to get drafted later on by a good team. Or, you know, team that has more around it maybe than the Bears or, you know, one of these teams at Washington, one of these teams drafting really high. Patriots, etc. So I think Bo Nix has a real chance to be the best pro out of all these, uh, out of all these QBs. But I don't really love any of them. I just don't. I don't think this is going to be what was the year with Burrow and Herbert and you know Tua and all those guys, 2020, 2020 I think. I don't think it's going to be like, uh, you know, in the 80s when Elway and all those guys all came, Elway and Marino and, uh, you know, Jim Kelly and all those guys came out. I forget what year that was. I don't think it's going to be like that. There may be one or two guys here who have good careers, but I'm just not as sold on all these quarterbacks as other people are. We'll, uh, we'll get the... Uh, temperature on that from my good friend the oldest man in the world he's been covering the patriots since uh they wore leather helmets and that is of course the great tom king of the nashua telegraph who joins me right now here on the sunday service tom how you doing good morning reverend i'm surprised lightning isn't striking because it's the first time i've talked to a man of the cloth on a sunday in a long time <laughs> it's been a while that's true uh been a while since i've been uh since i've been here uh, going solo anyway for sure um it's great to talk with you tom thanks for making the time today uh it's been a wild week for the patriots a wild two weeks really so let's go ahead and start at the beginning uh bill belichick I think we all sort of were expecting to have happen what it did. What were your uh, right. impressions of his goodbye press conference? And um, how do you feel about the Gerard Mayo succession plan? Well, here's how they felt about it, right? The, the Bill Belichick press conference was held in that dank, you know, uh, college-type auditorium. 
where we always have the, the post game pressers and and a lot of the other things that they do. The Gerard Mayo press conference was held in that nice new building with the sunlight coming in and the yep. daylight and it was just fancy and everything else. So so that that's how it that's how it felt. That's how they felt about it. For me, it tugs a little bit at nostalgia. I was there when he was hired. And, you know, it was uh, it was a tough way for a guy who had accomplished as much as he did, I thought, to go out. Um, it You know, it just didn't end the way, the storybook way that everybody would have liked to have seen it, to see him, you know, to have him walk out into the, you know, walk into the sunset yeah. with his six rings and everything else and, and retire and the whole bit. Um, and now he's part of a, a big interview process down in Atlanta where they're, I'm surprised uh, you don't have an interview lined up today at 4 <laughs> o'clock with them. You know, so it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's I, I thought, it, you know, obviously, look, this is, it had to happen, I thought, but at the same time, kind of uh, tugged at you emotionally a little bit, uh, and I know it did me. So, um, but, you know, you move on. And uh, and so will he. I tell you what, if he isn't an Atlanta Falcons coach, that is going to be a one strange sight. But did we ever think we'd see Tom Brady in a Tampa Bay uniform either? So that's how it looks. No, certainly not. Uh, the NFC South, where the old Patriots go to retire, uh, kind of seems like that's how it is. But today's a big a big day for me, Christian. It's a leather helmet day because the, the Detroit Lions yes. are in the playoffs. You know, the Green Bay Packers played last night. This is good stuff for an old man like me. Nostalgic NFC, NFL football. Uh, but it's unfortunate that uh, the Patriots aren't in it. And I think it may be a while before we see them in it, actually. I'm starting to think that myself, Tom. And I'm basing that off the fact that we don't know who's going to be in charge of personnel. And of all the off seasons, to not have someone ready to go. at prayer. They got the new coach ready to go. They had a whole succession plan for that. It seems like they're just flying by the seat of their pants when it comes to GM personnel, and they have a third overall pick to make, and they got a lot of free agent money to spend. Where do you see that going? Well, there's this is a you know it's it's odd because they're kind of caught. This is a tough time of the year where they could bring in a GM. I I, I think they should go on the outside, but I don't believe they will. I, they may. They mean Bob Kraft talked out of both sides of his mouth on. Yeah. On uh, on the press at the press conference introducing Mayo, he said that we're you know we want to promote from within, but we're also going to look you know we're going to look at the outside. Um, the thing is, the work that's been done on the 2024 draft and is is you know kind of finishing up, but it's been done by all the people who are there now. It's been done by the Matt Groves, the Elliot Wolfs, the whole scouting staff. And you just don't have someone come in and rip that all apart. Right. Because it's too late to do that for this year. And that's why you often see general managers who are kind of on shaky ground get get released or get fired after the draft. So they may go with who's there now until they get to the draft and get through it. The problem is what the other word, two words you said, free agency. They're going to have to have a plan for that. Uh, and that may mean bringing in somebody to run it or appointing somebody, but then 
then not making any other front office changes until after the draft. They they may have to go that way. But that's why everybody wants to instant instant gratification with someone coming in and cleaning house and all the changes and everything else. It doesn't happen that way in the NFL at this time of the year. You have to be patient. You have to get through the drafts in the offseason first. What role do you think the Crafts will have in all this? Well, you know, I don't buy the fact that, you know, you know Robert and, and, and Jonathan, especially Jonathan, is sitting there pouring over scouting reports and, <laughs> and stats and, 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 and all that. You know, I was yeah. there when, when – when Belichick was hired and Parcells was there, and they said, you know, we, we know what we don't know, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, they did meddle a little bit. Um, but I think they'll they'll have, a, you know, I mean, a, let's put it this way. They're going to be like everybody else. If the third pick in the draft is a special team Division II player, <laughs> they're not <laughs> – they're not. They're, they're going to be what? What are you doing? And uh, you know. But other other than that, I think they're going to let it up to the guys who are running it right now. Um, but I think I'm sure they'd probably like to see a quarterback. Uh, the only problem is I think the top two picks, the top best two quarterbacks in the draft are going to go one two. That leaves uh, the the kid from LSU, who I don't know if he's NFL ready, physically or mentally. So. Uh, uh, you know Marvin Harrison Jr. to me seems the 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 best pick, but uh, you've seen teams with great wide receivers not really do much elsewhere. In a case in point would be the New York Giants when they had o- Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. So it, it, you know it's 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 you know what they're going to do and who's going to do it. You know we'll know more I think in the next month. But right now, the, your your New England Patriots. Are in the hands right now. Two guys, I think, Elliot Wolf and Matt Groh. Uh, until Bel- Bill Belichick gets a landing spot, and if he takes them with him or one of those guys with him, then then we might see even more clarity. Well, that's what I was just going to ask you: is if those guys leave, if Bill takes a job with Atlanta tomorrow, and Wolf and Groh go with him, then what? <laughs> then what do you do? We'll see. Well, I think the Crafts know that. I think they probably have somebody in-house that they're ready to move up. Well, I don't know what that would be. Or they'd reach out to somebody uh, somebody that they know, like a Dave Ziegler or someone like that, to come in. Um, but, of course, Belichick could do the same thing. Right. Uh, we're just going to have to wait and see in the next – it's got to happen, I would think, in the next week to see where Bill Belichick is going to land. I mean, you know, it's music, a game of music, musical coaching chairs – and there are a lot of other good, good candidates out there. And that's the problem that Belichick faces is the fact that there are a couple of prime candidates out there already in, in Jim Harbaugh and I think Mike, Mike Vrabel, who teams would want to latch on to. Um, but, you know, the other problem is you've got Gerard Mayo, who is an inexperienced NFL head coach. And when Bill O'Brien left the other night to go to Ohio State, um, you know, that leaves Mayo without a real experienced guy on his staff, uh, in my mind. I don't think you can, you know, I don't think Joe Judge is going to stick around. I think his contract's up anyway, uh, but I'm not positive of that, you know, because he was working on this Giants contract. So um, I think that that means that, the, you know, the, the one thing that Mayo is going to have to do and that you're going to probably have to see in the next few weeks is an, an experienced maybe even former NFL head coach come in here and join him on his staff because I think he's going to need that. Yeah, I think he does too. Uh, last question, Tom. Does Mac Jones deserve another shot here in New England? Oh, boy. I heard you. I, I saw Reese's thing. I had heard 
I heard some rumblings later in the week, and I think I think Jones was really almost told that he probably would suit him best to be at that press conference the other day. I'm sure. Um, I, I think they're going to have to start over. Um, I, I don't really know. You know, he's got a lot of uh, confidence that he's going to need to get back. Um, I think it, you know. I think it is curious that Bailey Zappi wasn't there. Um, so I think that there's a few things that that Jones is going to have to do. Uh, Mayo's going to have to keep an open mind. Obviously, they're going to hold on to Jones, but you're going to see a lot of positive things about Matt Jones, Mac Jones coming up in the next few weeks, or months, or whatever, because this is decision time for them in terms of that fifth-year option, which I'm sure they're not going to pick up. But, you know, he is trade material. And I wouldn't be surprised. If Belichick were here, he Jones would definitely be traded. Now with Mayo, we'll have to wait and see, see, see what offers are coming in. He's not going to be worth much, I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, I mean, they tried to trade him last offseason and couldn't get anything, and he had a much worse season right. this year. So I'd imagine the market's not going to exactly. be too ripe for him either. No, and that's, you know, so I think that they're, they're going to try to tread lightly when it comes to Mac Jones and, and see what they can, you know, get out there and also see what, you know, how he how he does in in OTAs and things like that if he's still here after the draft, um, he could go on draft day. You know that could be a day when he's when he's dealt. Um, but I think the the first thing you're going to look at now in the next couple of weeks is where Belichick lands, who he takes with him, and then see who else they bring in from the outside, if anybody, and and when Mayo fills out his staff. The other curious thing, Christian, is what's Steve Belichick going to do. You know, I think Mayo would love to have him be his defensive coordinator, at least keep him on staff. Um, but what's uh, you know what's Steve going to do? He's been on on you know he's been one of the key defensive minds there for the last few years, so uh, that's going to be something to watch as well. If he stays, um, that would be interesting, and that would be that uh, that Mayo is starting to formulate his staff and get the people he wants on there, and we'll see if Steve Belichick is one of those guys. All right, we'll leave it right there. Tom King, thanks so much for the time. As always, my friend, uh, good luck to you in the uh, Nashua Telegraph. You're the one-man show up there now, I, uh, I understand. So uh, get back to work, all right? Yeah, I am. I, a lot of will be turned on in about five minutes. And I, I can't <laughs> wait, too. That's the other thing. So, <laughs> All right, Christian, take care. Thanks for having me. All right. Me. Thank you, Tom. That's Tom King, Nashua Telegraph. You can read his stuff on uh, online, NashuaTelegraph.com, or uh, if you're up there, you can – I don't know. They still have the physical print. I'm not sure that they do. Um, but they're still alive, unlike Sports Illustrated. Anyway, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and wrap things up next here on the Sunday Service. Get Boston Sports Original on the go. Wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. We're right back to it on WEEI. couple minutes left to go here. It's the Sunday service. I'm Reverend Arkan. Nice to have you with us. By the way, uh, Tom King just told me the Nashville Telegraph does print once a week. <laughs> once a week, you can get a physical copy of the Telegraph. The rest of the time, it's, uh, it's online, uh, in case you were curious. Anyway, we got more football for you today, and you can hear it right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. Uh, 2.30. We'll have the Buccaneers and the Lions. Uh, pre-game starts at 2.30 with Westwood 1. And then later on at 6.30, it is the Bills hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, I'm much more interested in the AFC game for obvious reasons. Uh, That is one where if the Bills lose again to the Chiefs again, 
I'm the only one still on uh, holding out on this one. I don't think anybody in the world agrees with me still, even people in Buffalo. But I think if they lose to the Chiefs again, they might take a look at McDermott. They might take a look at him and say, all right, you can get us this far. We've seen it. But we need someone who can get us past Patrick Mahomes because you can't. And there's only one guy out there, only one free agent coach out there who's ever gotten past Mahomes that I can remember. Little uh, fellow by the name of Bill Belichick. Anyway, there's one other thing I wanted to mention here quickly because I don't really care that much about the Bucks and the Lions. I rooting for Tampa. I like Baker Mayfield, but I'm also sort of rooting for the Lions because they've been so bad forever. So whoever wins that game, I don't really care. But that Chiefs-Bills game, there's a lot of intrigue there. A lot more, I think, than there is in this one. Uh, Greg Bedard has a new report on Boston Sports Journal that I just happened to see aggregated on Twitter. And it has to do with the Mac Jones appearance at the Gerard Mayo press conference. Listen to this. Per Greg Bedard, teammates were not happy with Mac Jones' appearance at the press conference. According to a team source, everyone's watched him play. They watched him act like a prima donna. The team is sick of it. Everyone is sick of it. He was in his workout gear, which is ironic since he cleared his entire locker at the end of the season. Not one single hanger. Completely empty. I mean, come on, man. So, just real quick, you're not supposed to clean your locker out at the end of the season? (laughs) That's a weird thing to be pissed about. And you're not supposed to work out after the season either? Like, I don't understand. Like, I feel like with Mac now, no matter what he does... There's just going to be, like, hate, you know? And maybe he's alienated some of his teammates. Maybe, I don't know if this is offense or defense or whatever, but there was a time, even when Mac Jones was playing poorly, where his teammates all had his back, and they weren't leaking stuff like this to people like Bedard. Now, it says a team source. Um, Teammates were not happy? Which team source could that be? I'd imagine it's probably someone on the defense. I'll say this. Mac was there. Bailey Zappi was not there. Only five players were there. Anybody else wanted to be there, they could have been. At the very least, Mac showed up. And listen, you can hate on Mac all you want. Same way I'm hating on Sam Kennedy. At least Sam Kennedy showed up yesterday. It's more than you can say for John Henry. That's the thing. That's sort of the duality of all this, I guess. Is that I don't think any less of Bailey Zappi for not going to it. But you can't think less of Mac Jones for showing up. And whether you like him or you don't like him, he showed up every Sunday. He put on the pads. He went out there, and he tried. And God help him. I mean, he could not. He could not put one foot in front of the other by the end, by the time he got uh, replaced by Zappy. And I think we all saw that, and we all acknowledged it. But he didn't run away from it. You know, he never ran away from it. He faced the music. He came in, sat, talked with me, Jones and Mego, every single every single Monday. That he was the starter. He did not run away from it. And he's not running away now. I'm surprised at this reaction, honestly. And I think Bedard's got a solid source here. I don't think I don't think he's making it up or anything like that. But uh, he was in workout gear. Ironic, since he cleared his locker at the end of the season, not one hanger. Well, what are you supposed to do at the end of the season? Leave all your crap in the locker all all winter and into the summer? <laughs> I've never heard anyone doing that before. Anyway, that's my time. Uh, we got BetQL Radio coming up, and then at, uh, I believe, 1 o'clock, Mark Dondero will be on for 90 minutes, taking you right up until uh, the 
division games, which are coming up here that I just mentioned, Tampa Bay and Detroit, and, of course, Buffalo and Kansas City. I'm Reverend Arcan. This has been the Sunday Service. I'll talk to you tomorrow with Jones and Mego. Bye. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.